Hi, Katie. Welcome to Have You Ever Heard Of, a history podcast. Where we talk about people from history you may or may not have heard of. How are you all? All of you. Tell us. No? Can't hear you. Louder. Oh, Dan, how are you? <laughs> not too bad. Not too shabby. My weekend was fine. Um, because we're moving on Friday, we spent most of the time, like, doing stuff to do with moving. So just, like... Boxes, packing, faffing. Very nice. <laughs> Relaxing from the packing. <laughs> um, yeah, stuff like that. So it's, it's kind of boring. This will be the last episode that I record in my old house. Ooh. Yeah, and then I'll be recording two at my parents' house, and then after that, we'll be in the new place. So exciting times. That's exciting. Yeah. How was your weekend? Yeah, good. Um, my girlfriend's friends threw her a surprise birthday party, so I went to that and got very drunk, and I am still a bit hungover from that. Yay! Three-day hangover! Oh, yes. Joys of being 30. Five. <laughs> yeah, neither of us are 30 anymore. <laughs> so today, Boris announced the new measures, which don't seem to be that different to the old measures. Yeah. Boo. <laughs> I think the only thing he's changing is, well, there's... An increased fine for people gathering in groups above six. And then you have to now wear masks in, like, other places that you didn't have to before. And obviously pubs and restaurants are closing at ten. Because I don't know if you know this, but coronavirus only operates at night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's a vampire, actually. It clocks out. (laughs) Um, One thing I want to know, okay. So my boyfriend, as some of you know, because I've mentioned this before, is in a football league. And um, it's like I'm a wag. I'm like, my boyfriend's in a football league. <laughs> so after the game, which is still allowed, he's still allowed to play outside sports in a, in a league, as long as it's like an organised game. So after that, he'll like sit down, take his football boots off, like they'll have a little debrief, have a drink of water. At what point do they have to disperse? Like, is that just a continuation of the football game? Oh, yeah. It's kind of like a debrief. And then could they just debrief for like 10 hours? No, I think they have to literally peg it away from each other as soon as the That's game's what over. I'm saying, sp- absolutely more... sprint because if they're there for more than ten seconds, they're getting fined the lot. I'm really them. confused. Like, at what point? Like, are they going to get like the feds? Feds? <laughs> they're going to get the feds coming up to them and being like, "You're not playing a game in the morning. Like, Just shut down, mate." And then. <laughs> That's not how my boyfriend talked at all. But, like, do you know what I mean? I need some clarification. Also, right, here's one I was thinking about on the way home. Say I've got a birthday, right? Mm-hmm. And I've got ten friends. Could I invite them all to a pub, right? And then five of them sit on a table, like, on one side of the pub. And the other five sit on a table the other side of the pub. And I just go between the two groups? Yeah, I think that's... And then I'll just be six, right? Uh, yeah, it's not clear. There's no there's no rule to saying that that's not... That's not allowed. Exactly. Because I could go out of the pub and come back in yeah, every time yeah. that I switch, t- switch tables. So I really like, I'm finding, finding loot holes in this rule, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's going to be plenty of those. Tweet us loopholes. <laughs> Lisa, letting people uh, work from home again. Rather than being like, you all must go to the office, but not have any fun. Though I'm actually going to the as of next week, going into my work more. Yeah. Well, I mean, he did add so, that caveat, didn't he? Like, if, you're, uh, if, you're, uh, if your workplace is COVID, COVID secure, then you can go. Well, anyone can just say that, though, can't they? Like, anyone can just be like, yeah, we're COVID secure. Ours is actually really secure. So we're temperature tested on the way in. Yeah. 
we have a one-way system around the hall and I don't encounter anyone for the whole day. So <laughs> that's pretty secure. <laughs> Because I'm in this like huge building, just me. <laughs> so yeah, let's get to it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about this person. So like I said to you, um, I changed my mind on the person I was going to do. This person's been like on my list, like floating around. Um, and it's one that most people are going to know their name. Most people are going to know some things about them. But maybe there's some things you might want to learn. So have you ever heard of... <laughs> Catherine the Great. Oh, yeah. Oh, good pick. So we're going to do Catherine the Great today. For those of you that don't know, obviously Catherine the Great is famous for being an empress of Russia. So, But hopefully I can teach you some things that you don't know about her. And one of the reasons I am doing this is because there's a new TV series out called The Great, which is on Hulu, Mm. which is about Catherine the Great. And there are some, obviously, I love historical series, but obviously it's not like purported to be the most historically <laughs> accurate but it's, that's not what it is it's not that's not what it's saying it is anyway no, is it's it? supposed to be entertainment so, exactly all... so it's fine while i'm on it while i'm on the subject one of my favorite historical tv shows is rain which is about mary queen of scots ah. so if you haven't seen rain i believe it's still on netflix it is on the check list. it out so um catherine was actually born sophia or sophie depending on who's writing about her so Sophie Frederick August on the second of May seventeen twenty nine. She was born in Ulstein, which is actually in Prussia, which is said like Germany, like people say you know she was German, but actually now that particular part of Russia would be in Poland, in in Stuchen in Poland. So okay. you know, even though technically she's German, mm-hmm. it now that place would be in Poland. So um to avoid confusion, even though this her name is still Sophie. I'm just going to call her Catherine throughout the podcast because that's her like Russian name. Yeah, that's okay. What she says so it. her mother was <laughs> called Joanna, and she was just awful. Her mother, she's aristocratic woman. She <laughs> um, was just terrible to Catherine for most of her life. Her father was Christian August. He was like a minor German prince. He was a lot older than her mother. I see pretty typical then um they got married when her mother was like 16 had um Catherine at 17 so not common but still like not great this is probably one of the reasons why Joanna was so like I don't know just felt really angry all of the time yeah it's a grim life she was the eldest of five children but some didn't actually live till adulthood um her younger brother so she had like the middle brother, and um, took over her father's title when her father died in 1747. So like I mentioned, her mother, Joanna, just hated her. She, basically, she was just annoyed that she wasn't a boy, which is like a bit weird considering she went on to have more children, two of whom were boys. But I guess because Catherine's the yeah. oldest, she felt like, oh, the oldest, like the heir, should be a boy. Even though... Fair wizard boy anyway, just skipped her. Just, yeah, she really hated She used to call her ugly and told her that she was worthless and did all sorts of, like, just horrible stuff to her. So I'm guessing she felt like she had something to prove. Oh, yeah. I think this is probably (laughs) where it all stems from. (laughs) Catherine had very little opportunity to mix with women um, and this didn't really exist 
like endear her to women in general. She called them weak and frivolous. So she's not like a feminist here. She's she just doesn't like yeah. women. But this is because she'd never like interacted with them, really. And this is probably coming from her mother. This is like the same time as Mary Wollstonecraft is. So think about like the difference between yeah, yeah. Also she had this like religious tutor. Um so at the time in I'll just call it Germany, Prussia. Um, it was Lutheranism was the like official mm. religion, and Catherine used to like challenge him, uh, and like because they used to say that like the men of antiquity would all be in hell, um, and Catherine was like, I don't really buy this, and so her religious tutor would like torture her with like promises of damnation and stuff, <laughs> like being like, you're going down, and she was like, I don't think so. That is a weird claim to make, isn't it? Every single great thinker or like heavy hitter from antiquity is in hell it's like in the south park movie where like gandhi's down there (laughs) okay so uh nice little story from when she was four years old she actually met frederick the great who was the the prussian like king emperor um and like you're supposed to kiss the hand of you know, Frederick the Great. And she couldn't reach because she was so little, so she asked him to bow down to her so she could, like, say, <laughs> actually, no, you bow down to me. You come here. You come here to me. So that's cute. So Frederick the Great was aware of this little girl all the time that she was born. That's kind of important. It's like a Lady Mormon-like character. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so just um, before I get into, like, how she got to Russia, I'm just going to do a really quick rundown of the Russian um, emperors, just to get, so you get an idea of where she's at. Try, um, don't worry if you can't follow along with this. This is just so you get an idea of like, who's ruling Russia and it wasn't all men, you know. Mm. So, Peter the Great, who I'm sure most of you have heard his name at least, ruled from 1682 to 1725. So he ended his rule, well he died a couple of years before Catherine was born. He was a ruthless reformer in Russia, and his heir, Alexei, his son, was tortured to death, probably ordered by Peter the Great. Peter actually wanted oh, wow. to name his own successor, but he, he like, didn't in time. So, Catherine the First, his wife, took over. So, we've got a woman already in this, like, line. Following her was her son, mm-hmm. Peter the Second, and then came Anna... Peter the Great's niece. So we're still in this kind of family line. Then it was then it was Ivan the Sixth, who lasted less than a year. He was only a child, and he was like Anna's niece's son. So because there was like no one to take over from her. Oh, okay. It was all very still in the family line, but a bit more like to the side. Enter Elizabeth, who's very important to the story. So she's the eldest daughter of Peter the Great and mother to Peter Ulrich, hereafter called Peter III. So basically, she staged a coup on the 5th of December 1741 with only 308 soldiers. But she didn't need that many, way. Mm. He was like a child. I don't know why she needed like that many. <laughs> they just held out a bag of sweets and he just followed. Yeah, she successfully staged a coup and Elizabeth ascended to be empress so as you can see through this line we've already had a couple of women it's not like completely unusual that russia would be ruled by an empress elizabeth then like locked up ivan for like i think it was 
somewhere between 10 and 20 years or like 23 years or something a long time and then he died when he was like in his 20s this kid so he didn't have a very enjoyable life harsh elizabeth however loved the good life she even banned anyone but her from wearing pink like the whole country (laughs) this is like poo yin is yellow (laughs) <laughs> um, unfortunately, Elizabeth was childless, which seemed to happen in this line. She began the search uh, for like an adoptive son, and she decided on Peter the Third, the grandson of Peter the Great. So when I said mother, what I meant was adopted mother, because she like chose him, kind of like Boo okay. was like chosen, but Peter the oh, Great yeah, yeah, yeah. was actually still a relation of his. So Peter the Third. Um, He's now living as heir to Russia. Okay, so in 1743, Joanna and Catherine were invited by Elizabeth to come to Russia. And Frederick the Great also wrote saying he could help marry Catherine off and gave them some money to help with this. Because I guess he wanted to unite Prussia and Russia. So Catherine first actually met Peter III when she was 10 and he was 11. He was like really sickly and neurotic. He was often beaten and tortured and humiliated by his sadistic tutor. There's a lot of sadistic tutors around at this time. Um, He was made Mm. to endure whippings and he used to make him stand at the dining table for the picture of a donkey round his neck. I'm not really sure what that's supposed to do. Is he trying to like just humiliate him? I don't, I don't really know what that means. I'm confused. That's like the opposite. Like, so was he never like told that he was ordained by a higher power to rule over all? Because he's he's having a very different experience. Yeah, I don't to think they're, they're into like the whole ordained by God thing, are they? Yeah, but I they're don't orthodox know. in Russia. We'll come on to religion actually. Yeah, so he was. Like, Catherine didn't like especially take to him. She hated his pale skin, and he was already drinking at this age of like eleven. So she's like, this oh guy, I mean, they got on fine because they were 10 and 11, but like, you know, she's like, this isn't <laughs> my ideal match. <laughs> An 11-year-old drunk. That's a such a funny idea. So in 1743, <laughs> Catherine and her mother go to Russia. She was only 14, but she was witty and charming and had already had marriage offers, including one from her uncle which is weird. They arrived in Moscow to a big, lavish ceremony. It was obvious to everyone what she was there for already. She said as soon as she arrived in Russia, she fell ill with um, pyreotitis. I think you pronounce that's how you pronounce it. And it almost killed her. She actually credited her survival to frequent bloodletting. In a single day, she had four different, like, bloodletting things, whatever you call them. I I think they're called, like, Flurry bottomies, flurry Wasn't that a thing to like? Um, what's his name? Rasputin. Didn't he go in for that? Bloodletting. I don't know. Oh, maybe. I might be making that up. Don't quote me on that. Okay. So four years after they had originally met, she meets Peter again. Peter hated everything. He hated Russia. He hated Elizabeth. He wanted to be back in Prussia where he had actually grown up. Like he hated Catherine. He did not enjoy. <laughs> Anything. This is not a nice guy. <laughs> um, Catherine and Peter had a very 
different ideas of fun. Catherine was like fascinated with Russia. This is a new place with new buildings and art and religion. And Pia just hated it. The religion in Germany, as I said, was Lutheranism. But in 1744, Catherine was like um, baptised into the Russian Orthodox Church in preparation for her marriage. So she switched sides, so to speak. She wrote in her memoirs that she would believe, do and say whatever was required to wear the crown. So we can see where this is going. Um, She debuted at court on her 15th birthday. And by this time, the upper classes just loved her. They fell in love with her. She also treated her servants well, and this was quite unusual at the time. So they liked her too. She was named Grand Duchess, and they bestowed the name Catherine on her, which is pronounced in Russian, Katharina. I'm going to go with that. Um, In Russian. So Catherine, Catherine grew more and more popular, and Peter got worse. She must have... I loved this. I mean, like, after having such a crappy upbringing, like, now she's popular, she's like, this is so cool. I <laughs> well, Peter did D. say that he was going to beat her <laughs> up. So, probably, like, actually quite scary. Uh, was he capable, though, if he was just a sick mm, Exactly. Or... <laughs> then, he also got smallpox, and his face got really scarred, and he just became very hard to look at. Oh, Apparently, he couldn't, she couldn't even look at him. So, they got Ooh. married when she was only 16 on the 21st of August, 1745. They lived just west of St. Petersburg at the time. Peter was very drunk on their wedding day and they did not take to the marital bed. They had a very unhappy unhappy marriage and Catherine said, it is the fault of the husband if he is not loved. So basically saying like, yeah, I had it, I had it to give, but yeah. you know, like it's his fault. So by yeah. late 1745, Peter and Catherine still hadn't gotten pregnant and Peter was actively avoiding sex. She spent her time like reading and enjoying art and doing other things, like while he played toy soldiers. Elizabeth was very unhappy and this is the Empress, Elizabeth, very unhappy and reminded Catherine that they needed an heir. One day, Catherine walked into their room to see Peter putting a rat on trial, declaring him guilty and executing him. And I've heard from different sources that he chopped off the head (laughs) and from another source that he hung the rat. So the story is like, sounds like it's corroborated, but I don't know whether the rat was had his head chopped off or was hung. So, you know, hit me up if you know which one's true. He's lost yeah, it he's, then. <laughs> he's just like, I don't know what's going on with Peter, basically. He is gone. <laughs> she decided that that was, you know, that was that. And she decided to have an affair. So his name was Sergei Soltikov, which is awesome. Um, and she started getting pregnant multiple times and having multiple miscarriages. So let's get forward nine years and she still isn't a mother. Basically, some say that it, the marriage wasn't even consummated until nine years later. Some people say, like, even further, like, 12 years later. But she's having sex with someone else. So, on 1st of October, 1754, a baby boy was born. And they named him Paul. Probably not sired by her husband. Um, Elizabeth, the empress, snatched him away to raise him. And Catherine was now mainly ignored in court because she had done her duty... Elizabeth ignored her, Peter ignored her. However, she started reading Voltaire and plotting her return. I love that. I love Voltaire. Candide is so amazing. 
It's just so funny. It is awesome. <laughs> On Peter's birthday, she made her return. She crashed the party that she wasn't invited to and named herself Mother of the Air and cozied up to the British ambassador. By the end of the decade, she had buttered up many important people and taken not one, but two very prominent lovers. The first one was Stanislaw Pontiowski, who is the future king of Poland, and the other one is Grigory Olof, most likely the father of the son. Um, she then had a second child, Anna, but Anna only lived for 14 months. Peter watched the birth and told Catherine that he could he was just going to do anything to her, basically threatening her. This probably strengthened her resolve to somehow get rid of Peter. Yeah, I was waiting for this. <laughs> waiting for this moment. There are two other children that she's named the mother of, but they aren't brought up in court, and she didn't even recognise the female, um, Elizabeth, who was allegedly the daughter of her and her another later lover. But other historians, like now, have said that's probably unlikely, actually. So it's like, okay, if you look at like her biography or her Wikipedia or whatever, it says it says like. The presumed daughter of. So I, I don't know if that's okay. true. So in 1756, the Seven Years' War broke out. So this war involved most of Europe um, and put Russia against Prussia, which is all very confusing. Um, also in court, Peter had become, like, had started a very public affair with a woman called Elizaveta Vonostova. I'm so sorry about these pronunciations. <laughs> I'm trying my best. I'm trying it's my best. Than I can do. So she, so she was dug the whole like pallid, sickly. Well, look I guess. So. Or maybe she just wanted to shag someone who's about to be emperor. Yeah. So Peter was parading around, basically saying they shouldn't be fighting Prussia because he was still like loving Prussia. And then in 1760, Joanna died. Catherine's mother. Her father's been dead a while, like 13 years. And then on the 5th of January, 1762, Elizabeth dies. So the Empress is dead and Peter III ascends to the throne. He spent Elizabeth's funeral celebrating her death. The woman that brought him up chose him to be her heir. Adopted it. Anyway, I'm not going into that. Um, Peter may have also been planning (laughs) to divorce Catherine and marry one of his mistresses. He started to humiliate Catherine, including trying to get her to admit in public that their son was illegitimate. He also wanted to dismantle the whole country and was very, like, pro-Prussian. He was also very anti-Catherine. So this isn't going going to happen. <laughs> you know, this isn't going to go down. On the 8th of July, 1762, Catherine's lover, Gregory, came to her and was like, how about we get rid of your husband? Nobody likes him. And she was like, yeah, <laughs> cool. And he was like, how about, like, today? And she was like, okay, cool. So this is all organised by Gregory and his brothers and another guy, Gregory Potemkin, uh-huh. who you may have heard of. So basically it was really simple. Catherine dressed up in male uniform and rode out to see some important people who pledged their allegiance. Then the next day, 9th of July, 1762, she was declared Empress Catherine II. Just outside of <laughs> Moscow, Peter and some of his troops heard of the coup. And as she headed towards them with her own army... Um, he threw himself for his wife's mercy, basically, because <laughs> he was just like, I know I'm done for, like, everyone's behind <laughs> no her. So <laughs> she placed him under house arrest, and mysteriously, eight days later, he did. So I've heard, like, 
How well, did that officially, happen? the official record is like he was sick, and then someone else said that he was strangled, and then someone else just like full on went out and was like, "Do you know what? The people that are keeping him captive full on stabbed him." So like. That's probably what happened, right? She says that she planned to keep him under house arrest for the rest of his life, but I think if someone went to her and was like, I accidentally stabbed your husband multiple times, she's probably like, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> There's no proof that she was involved in the death, basically. Um, on the 22nd of September, Catherine was crowned at the Kremlin. So, her reign. 1767, Catherine wrote the instruction of Catherine the Great, which I just love. She went straight to the point. These are my instructions. <laughs> Done. She sent it to her legislative committee. So she had like a committee, a bit like a parliament, because she wanted to be like inclusive mm-hmm. in government and stuff. And these ideas all came from like ideas of enlightenment. So like things like innocent until proven guilty and considering like the 8 million serfs that they had, people like... You know, she's like, you know these slaves that we have? Mm. Did you know that they're actually people? And everyone was like, shut up. Uh, yeah, they they've got like that people. kind of general mm. shape, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> so these are like revolutionary ideas. And the committee started like squabbling about them. And then it was kind of forgotten because something happened. It was another war. So the Russo-Turkish War took place between 1768 and 1774. And during that time, they actually captured Crimea in the war. She decided after the war, you know what, I'm not going to go through the legislative committee. I wanted to have an inclusive like rule, but I'm just going to push these things through. So she opened schools for orphans. She opened hospitals for the destitute with like free healthcare. She encouraged girls into education. Police were transformed from, like, oppressive to being actually there to help the people. She built 144 new towns and cities, including Odessa. She undertook the first detailed mapping of Russia, which is, like... So she was like, hey, where's this town? And her people were like... Like, her important people, like her committee or whatever, were like, we don't know. And she was like, go get me a map. And then they got a map, and they were like, it's not on here. So she was like, okay, we have to, like, create a better map, guys. This is dumb. (laughs) And during her time, during her reign, um, the population of Russia nearly doubled. These Ah, reforms... Well, that's what they call her the great, you know? She's the only, like, we talk about, like, you know, other greats in in history, like Frederick the Great, Peter the Great, etc. She's the only woman in Russia to get the great after her name. So... Mm. These reforms helped bring Russia in line with other European countries of the time. However, some of the reforms didn't work out. The 8 million serfs who she wanted to make people were owned by like landlords as slaves, and she needed the landlords to back her up. So she realised that she couldn't do that. Um, and there were quite a few peasant revolts. Yeah. And also she had a bit of a problem with like foreign policy because Russia has no warm water ports. So because it's surrounded like completely, even on the top where there's like a bit of water, it's like they've got like, is it Finland straight above or Sweden? One of one of those ones. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, like straight above. <laughs> so it doesn't have any like ports you can get directly from the sea or something. So she had to like have good foreign policy with other European countries. And her reforms were getting her noticed abroad. But it's not the only thing they were noticing about her abroad. 
think we're, we know where we're going with this. Basically, one of the things that most people know about Catherine the Great is that she had lots of lovers, um, which is unfortunate because she did lots of other things. But let's just talk about them anyway. So <laughs> we talked about three brothers. Uh, but do you remember we talked about that guy who helped her with the revolt, Gregory Potemkin? So he's been around for decades. He was the guy that helped secure Crimea. He was the guy that put her on the throne. He was ambitious and fearless and really complimented Catherine. She was about detail and he was a big picture thinker. Um, he was summoned Good to court team. in 1774 and by the end of the year, they were lovers. And some say they even may have married in a secret ceremony in like a backwater chapel. But I don't think there's any actual evidence to... I just like... I like the image of that. Some like alleyway yeah. chapel. Um, <laughs> those <laughs> exist, right? Just some alleyway chapel. So she elevated him to a stay as nearly as high as hers. Not quite, but like, helped her, he helped her rule. But by 1780, their love of power was getting in the way of their, like, love love. So they made a deal. And they decided he'd stay, like, as her advisor, but they replaced him in the bedroom with a series of anonymous studs. So just, like... <laughs> <laughs> Not like one guy, like, you know, just just reel him out. Like, and I just, I love that. And they were like, do you know what we should do? <laughs> just imagine the convo. You know what we should do, right? I'll stay as your advisor and we'll still be like in love. We'll still be like really close. You know, we compliment each other. But how about with sex? Hear me out. We'll just get like loads of hot guys and then we'll just re- reel them through, you know? <laughs> and she's like, that could work. I really see this working. Was this, it was yeah. his idea. Was he just maybe, tired out? Maybe. I don't know. He probably also had other <laughs> lovers. Come on. Like, okay. So, oh yeah. Just a point on this. Like, obviously she is remembered for this, but people around Europe, all the male emperors and kings around Europe were having way more mistresses and way more affairs than she was. If you think about like the French oh, yeah, that was and, you know, like the German emperors and kings that they were having like way more and think about like even the english kings like yeah it's the favorite pastime just because she's a woman don't be scandalized this this is 20 2020 just get with it okay so in 1789 the french revolutionary war broke out so we're back to mary wollstonecraft again um (laughs) and Catherine was like uh what enlightenment what i didn't I didn't like the Enlightenment. I don't know what you're talking about. Because, obviously, in France, Enlightenment meant no king. So she was like, um, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. No. Because hmm. uh, she didn't want her power question. Enlightenment. Enlightenment. I don't know what you're about. Um, 1792, Catherine used the second partition on Poland, breaking it up between Russia, Austria, and Prussia. And then two years later, there was a rebellion against oh, partition, and she cracked down and 20,000 Poles were killed in a single day. Oh, oh boy, boy, oh boy. So the Poles don't have it don't have it good with their Russia, do they? I mean, like, no, it seems no, to keep no. happening. They're okay now. Oh my god. I love Poland. The food is amazing. It's so, so oh, yeah, cheap as well. But I can eat like a whole meal for like what it would cost me just to get like a starter here. And yeah, amazing yeah. and just great people and great history the salt mines was absolutely fantastic everyone has to go anyway as long as you're not scared of like it collapsing on you because it was pretty scary okay so 
<laughs> like I was about to say, in 1795, she enacted the third partition like, on Poland. So she's not done with Poland. Um, right, so we kind of get into the end here. So in 1791, Gregory Potemkin died and she was starting to feel quite isolated. She began focusing on her grandson, Alexander, and her son, Paul, began to wonder if she was going to pass him over. Then, on the 5th of November, 1796, she was found having had a stroke, and the next day she died. So there's that crazy story about how she died because she, like, had sex with a horse or whatever. That is not true. Oh, yeah. That is false. I don't know where it came from. Like, I probably could find out where it came from. It's not even close to a She just had a stroke, okay? Old people have strokes. Um... (laughs) And then she died. So Paul, her son, ascended to the throne. Uh, Alexander was still too young, even if that was her wish to pass him over. He was still too young, so his her direct son Paul got it. He basically tried to trash his mother's legacy. He burnt all of her papers and dug oh, up boy. Peter the Third, his father, and gave him a state funeral that she didn't give him. He then ordered his mother to be buried alongside him, mm. even though she hated him. But oh, if you no. look at her tombstone, she wrote her own epitaph, and it's like it's like a paragraph. Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but stuff about like even though she was in a horrible marriage for 18 years, da 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 da. She some of the things she said, she forgave easily and hated no one. She was happy disposition. She had a kind heart, and she loved the arts. So these are things she wanted people to know about her forever because they're on her tombstone. In her time, she Aww. added 520,000 kilometers squared to Russia, and she brought in liberal reforms and improved the life in mainly in the cities. Not so much for the uh, for the like for the stuff outside the cities, which is like 95 percent of Russia, but still should improve life for some people. Why do we remember her as great? Well, partly because of her story, she over overcame oppression to climb to where she was you know her mother was horrible to her but also oppression of just the males in general she Mm. opened a new door for russia so even though many people tried to like shut the door she'd opened the progress that she started like all progress from russia like stemmed from her serfs would actually be emancipated in 1861 and catherine's legal reforms that she made during her reign basically helped pave the way for this so even though she didn't do it she paved the way that's impressive. If you want to hear any more about Catherine the Great, I've got some further reading slash watching slash listening, <laughs> which I really think is important to do because this is like a, it's like a 30 minutes of me talking about her. There's no way you can like learn everything. So we've got um, Jenny Murray's book on like women that changed the world. There's a chapter on her in there. It's a short chapter, but it's still worth a go. There's a great YouTube channel called Biographics. Um, which does like really short biographies on people, kind of like this podcast. You, you know, you probably don't need both, but he's got a really mm-hmm. nice voice. Um, so if you want to go and watch him, he's really cool. <laughs> um, obviously, The Great on Hulu, which is obviously a fiction TV series, do not take all of that as read. And then we've got some books. We've got Catherine the Great and Potemkin by Simon Seagar Montefort, which is like about their love affair. We've got Catherine the Goat by Simon Dixon which is like a newer biography. And then we've got like The Woman on Catherine the Great. This is um, Isabel de Madiguera. I think that's how you pronounce it. And she wrote a number of things, including Russia and the Age of Catherine the Great and Catherine the Great, A Short History. So those are some books you can look at if you want to learn more. There's also 
tons of stuff online just like type Catherine and go into anywhere and you'll find like a million things <laughs> and now Dan I've got a challenge for you so you know how I say my name is Katie but you know my actual name mm-hmm. is Catherine you know that right so yeah can you do a Dan oh. for us or a Daniel because I've done a Catherine oh, well. now I've done someone who's got my name so oh, okay, maybe then. you can yeah, do yeah, a Dan yeah. or a Daniel that's difficult there's, though there's Daniels of I course there are of... Daniel Defoe he's a good one just go yeah, and Google some Daniels get, get back to me <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I'm sure that you can find one somewhere. but yeah it's not spelled the same the Catherine spell I spell it like K-A-T-H-R-Y-N the funky way and she spells it with a C. <laughs> I think my way is funky. The funky, funky way. It's like the French way, I think. <laughs> or something. I don't know. Yeah, okay. Um, so what are you having for dinner? Uh, haven't decided yet, yeah. actually. Still mulling that one over. It's quite. It's still quite early. When I say it's early, it's like seven. For me, I usually yeah. eat like half eight. We're just like, we're doing the thing where we're eating all the stuff in the fridge. Oh, right, so you're just trying to, like, yeah. slap yeah, stuff together. Yesterday, we were just like, we've got all these Bodge peas. What should we do? <laughs> so many frozen <laughs> peas. I'm sure we can leave our frozen peas for, like, our housemate. We're going to watch. Um, so the new series of Only Connect started yesterday, which we haven't watched yet. So we're going to watch that. Mm-hmm. Ah. See. Very uh-huh. cultured. But I love... We're not being so anywhere near as cultured. Oh, my God, it's so good. Especially the missing vowels <laughs> round. Anyone that watches Only Connect knows... The, the Missing Bells round is the best round, for sure. I'm also <laughs> watching um, series three of The Handmaid's Tale, which I'm, like, way... Be- I know I'm way behind everyone, but, like, I'm really enjoying it. It's so, like... actually nearly cried in the first episode. It's so, like, emotional, like, because it's all about, like, the oppression of women and, like, there's a bit where, like, mm. one of them escapes with a baby and then, oh, just can't, can't deal with it. And also, it's got Bradley Whitford in, who, in my opinion, is really hot. I don't know if that's weird, because he's, like, quite old now. <laughs> but he was hot in The West Wing. Yeah. <laughs> what are you watching? You're still watching The Boys. I'm watching Cobra Kai. Oh, yeah, I've heard it's really good. It is really good. The character development is actually quite brilliant. And it's also made me go back and watch all the old Karate Kid films, because they are also brilliant. Nice. So, you should all please subscribe wherever you listen to us and while you're there you can rate us um rate us you know honestly if you want to but only honestly if it's five stars or four whatever (laughs) um and you can also tell all of your friends and family about us especially if you like this episode you can you know share it to your instagram or twitter oh yeah and you can follow us on twitter and instagram at have you ever pod uh we'll see you next time Bye. Bye.